0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer History USA podcast. On today's episode, the origins of the American Soccer League. During the late 19th century and into the 20th, soccer was played all across the United States, in well-known places like Boston, New York, Chicago, and St. Louis, as well as lesser-known locations including Omaha, Denver, and San Francisco. Teams in these places and in others competed in regional leagues and in cup competitions. In 1913, the United States Football Association was founded, giving the country a central organizing body for the sport, really for the first time. During World War I, the YMCA and the government provided soccer equipment to military training facilities in the United States and to soldiers overseas. And this was possibly, for many of these men, the first time that they had had an opportunity to see the game played or to participate in it themselves. According to the U.S. Football Association, exposure to soccer during the war contributed to a rise in the game's popularity in the conflict's aftermath. And we can see this borne out somewhat in the numbers. The National Challenge Cup in 1917-18, which was the last year before the United States entered the war, signed up 54 clubs. In 1921-22, the competition had 132 entries, so a dramatic rise in just a few short years. A foundation had been laid, and the time seemed right now for the organization of a major professional soccer league, and all that was left was the work of putting it together. The driving force behind the formation of the ASL was a man named Thomas Cahill. Cahill was born in 1863 to Irish parents in Yonkers, New York, but he moved to St. Louis when he was just a small child. In St. Louis, he quickly developed a reputation as a fine athlete, particularly as a runner. The visit of a Canadian soccer club in 1884 provided him with his first exposure to soccer, And within two years, he was not only playing the sport, but he owned and managed his own club called the Shamrocks. In 1903, he became the secretary of the Association Football League of St. Louis. Just one year after he had taken up a job with sporting good manufacturer, A.G. Spalding, who would go on to publish the first Soccer Football Guide in 1904. And Cahill would later become the primary editor of that publication. By 1911, Cahill was once again based on the East Coast, and his job was basically to promote the growth of soccer in the United States. Presumably, this would help his employer to sell more equipment. He played a fundamental role in the formation of the United States Football Association in 1913 and was executive secretary of that body for many years thereafter. By the spring of 1921, however, he had left his position with the Federation and was dedicating himself full-time to the task of launching the American Soccer League. Have you ever heard the story of how Ireland got its name? I'll tell you so you'll understand from when old Ireland came. No wonder that we're proud of that dear land across the sea. For here's the way, me dear old mother, uh, told the tale to me. Sure, a little bit of heaven fell from out the sky one day, and nestled in the ocean. And now some headlines from Off the Pitch. Ex-President William Howard Taft was nominated Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and confirmed later that same day. Tragedy in Hull, England. The dirigible ZR2 crumbled and burst into flames, killing 44, including 17 American servicemen. Continued fighting in the West Virginia coal fields between miners and public authorities, including the West Virginia National Guard. Airplanes bombed worker positions as federal troops neared the area. In sports, world heavyweight boxing champion Jack Dempsey triumphed over the orchid man, Frenchman George Carpentier, at Boyle's 30 Acres in Jersey City, New Jersey. Throughout the spring of 1921, preparations continued for the ASL's inaugural season, which was scheduled to kick off in the fall. Despite this, the roster of teams would not be firmly established until August, just one month before the start of the season. Each team had committed to having a professional stadium, mostly these would be baseball parks, and had paid a $500 deposit to the league. Games would be played on Saturday and Sunday where allowed by law and on holidays. Each team in the league was scheduled to play every other team four times during the season, two each at home and away, for a total of 28 games played. Wins were worth two points and draws one. Although the ASL was confined to the east coast, they eventually hoped that leagues would emerge in the midwest and on the pacific coast paving the way for a national championship series, a kind of world series of soccer. The 1921 ASL season had eight teams competing for the title. Fall River United, Harrison Soccer Club, Holyoke Falcos, J.M.P. Coates of Pawtucket, Rhode Island, Jersey City Celtics, New York Field Club, Philadelphia Field Club, and Todd Shipyard's Football Club of Brooklyn. Notably absent from this list was Bethlehem Steel, probably the nation's most famous and most successful club. A dispute over the distribution of gate receipts led... To the famous Steel team not competing. Nonetheless, most of the players from Bethlehem Steel lined up for Philadelphia, and they seemed one of the strongest contenders. Other top sides included Todd Shipyards, which was a new team made up of a merger of Tebow Yacht Basin Club and Robbins Dry Dock. Robbins Dry Dock in particular was a strong outfit, having been national champions and U.S. Challenge Cup winners in the 1920 21 season. The team was led by former Bethlehem Steel captain Jimmy Campbell and goal scorer George McKelvey. On the other hand, there were also some unknowns. Fall River United was a question mark since this was not the same team as Fall River Rovers, who had won the U.S. Challenge Cup in 1917. Another question mark were the Holyoke Falcos. This was the last team in, joining only in August, just a few weeks before they were scheduled to start the season. They had dominated the Western New England Soccer League and were reigning champions. They had also just won the Massachusetts State title in convincing fashion. Could they raise their game to compete at a higher level? That was the question. (laughs) The sponsor of today's show is Ward's Bread, a wholesome, nutritious food containing nearly all the elements you need to keep your body healthy. Ask for it by name at your local retailer, and remember that every variety of Ward's Bread is good bread. The season kicked off in mid-September with some excitement. At Holyoke, Massachusetts, a festive atmosphere included a parade and bagpipers down to the stadium as the Falcos hosted interstate rivals Fall River. The local side played a powerful, aggressive game, but the match remained scoreless at the half. After the break, the Falcos scored two quick goals before Fall River pulled one back. Finally, James Downey scored the winner for the home side, clinching a 3-2 win and the two points. Elsewhere, the Phillies lived up to their early season tag as favorites with a convincing win over J. P. Coates. Inside left, Dougie Campbell scored a hat trick. Despite the new season and new location, the team already seemed in mid-season form with their skilled play calling to mind the great Bethlehem machine. With its opening slate of games in the books, the American Soccer League was officially on its way. The United States had a major professional soccer league, really for the first time in its history. The ASL also predated the formation of professional leagues in many other, perhaps more well-known soccer-playing countries, including Spain, Italy, Germany, and Argentina. Would the ASL survive? Would it thrive? Who would be the winners and who would be the losers? Follow the history of the ASL on the Soccer History USA podcast. Sources for today's program included Roger Alloway's Rangers, Rovers, and Spindles, Colin Joseph's The American Soccer League, and Distant Corners by Dave Wangerin. Additional information came from the Spaulding Soccer Football Guides, available on the website of the Library at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, www.bethlehemsteelsoccer.org, and the Archives of the New York Times. Music in today's episode from archive.org. Thank you for listening to the Soccer History USA podcast. For more information, go to www.soccerhistoryusa.org and follow me on Twitter at Soccer History US. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review at iTunes or at Stitcher. Thank you.